if you come into the idea that business is hard, every year it's hard and every year it starts over, then when it's hard, it's par for the course. And not only do you say, you know what? I expected it to be challenging and I'm willing to take on the challenge of starting, growing, building a business when most people won't. And when you start talking to yourself that way, well, that changes your confidence level because you're continually reminding yourself this is to be expected. What if you could step out of the day to day and see your business from a whole new perspective? Welcome to Above the Business, where we empower you to rise above the daily grind and embrace a higher way of business ownership. Get ready to build your business by design. Welcome to another episode of the Above the Business podcast. My name is Bradley Hamden, your host. Today, we have a repeat guest, Jake Thompson. He spoke just a couple of years ago when his book, Compete Every Day, came out. I encourage you to go back, listen to that episode. He just came out with a new book and we talk about mindset and habits in this episode. We talk about developing other leaders. We talk about what are some of the principles that he's learned in speaking to sports teams and other business leaders that has helped him to understand culture and winning teams. And I know that's something of the topics that many of you are going to want to be able to develop in, in 2024. Without further ado, Here's my conversation with Jake Thompson. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve Chairman Circle, Exotic Travel, and Multi-Line Presence Club and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level, and his strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpeakconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Jake Thompson, welcome back to the Above the Business Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Round two. Round two. Yeah. Well, whenever we have somebody that gives what I get a lot of personal, maybe anecdotal feedback that I really enjoyed having people on. Plus, you always bring such a great energy. You're an awesome follow on social media. I'm going to encourage people We'll link back to the past episode. So we won't kind of go back through background and origin story like we typically do. So we're kind of going to get right into it today. Here's the thing I want to we talked about this before we hit recording, but I think that it's relevant that at times we talk about mindset, but with the time that this is dropping, somebody may have had a really not as good of a year in 2023 as they really want to. We don't know what 2024 is going to kind of hold for that person or maybe somebody that's had a great year in 2023 and they're wanting to build upon that success in 2024. What is your approach when it comes to in entrepreneurial teams and being the entrepreneur, the business owner? How do we develop and cultivate the right mindset? 
Yeah, it's the daily practice, the daily habits it comes down to where our focus is. So uh, one of the things that I love to do this time of year, whether you had a great year, whether it wasn't the year you anticipated, is really a twofold, right? You look back and reflect, what did we do really well this year? What did I, as the business owner leader, do really well? What did our team do really well? It's good to recognize those things because even if the year wasn't to your expectations, there are things you did well in the process. No different than sometimes you lose the football game, but you still did and executed some things really well. And so it's important to identify them to build on them, right? You don't want to just be like, oh, the, the year was a complete loss. You want to find the things that were beneficial, that were productive, so you can continue building those. The second piece of that, regardless of how great the year was or wasn't, is asking yourself, where do we need to do better? Where did we drop the ball? Things within our control, where did we go? And this forces us from a few reasons. One, it's really easy when things outside of our control, the economy changes, things that we didn't anticipate or have to deal with. It's very easy to point at that and say, well, that's the reason we didn't have a good year last year. And when we do that and we solely blame outside forces for it, it really starts to carry over into this year and impacts things in our control. I know people in the real estate industry, right? Real estate struggled a lot in 2023, rising rates, all sorts of challenges for them. But when we looked at like where some of the struggles were, yeah, you had to deal with things outside of your control. But what did you control? Well, you didn't budget that well when times were booming. You were spending as much as you were making versus thinking there's going to be a time to slow down. You weren't investing in delegating and getting things off your plate because you're like, I'll just keep doing this until I can't realize you are the stopping point. So I think it's really beneficial in that process from a mindset standpoint to identify what do you do well to build the confidence and then where are you going to get better? Because we can't naturally expect this year to be a better year just because last year was. We can't expect this year to be a great year just because last year sucked. It takes that intentionality. And so from a mindset perspective, it's the reflecting back on the good and the bad. And then the most important thing is be where your feet are. It's being mm. in this present moment. The idea of mindset gets a lot of, I laugh, woo-woo from business owners and groups of like, ah, I don't need to talk mindset. I need to talk sales. I need to talk strategy. But a lot of the things that get in our way are ourselves. It's how we talk to ourselves. It's where our focus goes. It's living in last year. If it was great and we become more complacent this year, it's living in last year if last year sucked and we just are like, what's the point of giving this extra effort today versus looking at today as a fresh day and being intentional with those choices. And so mindset is really an important piece. But I think what most people miss, especially this time of year, is the reflection, not just on, hey, what do we need to do better? But what did we do well? Because fundamentally, we all do something well. And it's important to have that confidence going into this year that I executed on that. We can do it again. You really mentioned something that I want to double tap on. And you said the story that we tell ourselves. If I catch the fact that I'm telling myself, and we all have periods of tough times, but if I catch myself that the story I'm telling myself is just negative self-talk, how do I flip that script? Yeah. So a couple of things. The first is what you just said. It's to be aware of the conversations going on in your head. Nobody talks to you on a daily basis more than you do. And we know from research, majority of our conversation is negative internally. The bad part is you don't control the thoughts you have. You're going to have negative thoughts. In fact, a, a sports psychologist, Molly McQuarrie, that works at the Michigan State University, talked to me. It's kind of like a dog guarding the house. When the doorbell rings, your dog barks and goes on the defensive as a natural instinct. However, just like anyone, you go to the door. Oh, I know you. You're my friend. The dog calms down. Our brains operate the same way, right? It's always first thought is negative. Defend itself. Defend ego. Defend the body. 
But then it's up to us of how do we respond to it. And what a lot of us fall in the trap of is we only listen to ourselves instead of talk to ourselves. We haven't developed the habit of talking back to ourselves of, man, you sucked in 2023. What makes you think you're going to do any better in 2024? Maybe you don't have what it takes to be a business owner. Like all of the thoughts that go into our head and get us on a loop. Well, then it's like, says who? Do you have a good year in 2022? Well, yeah. Okay, so that proves that that voice is not actually truthful. It's not giving you something that's evidence-based. It's just, hey, I'm in the moment. I had a bad moment versus mm. having a bad year. And so the point of reflecting back is really helpful to be able to counteract some of that because identifying the good allows you to see here's where areas where I've done well. Mm. And then noticing the language we have, right? There's a difference between I can't, I won't, and I don't. And we tend to mix those three up quite a bit. I can't, like I laugh, I can't jump off the roof of my house and fly. There is no way, no how, I'm going to fall, break a leg, you name it. Now, if you put me up there, I won't jump. I'm voluntarily choosing not to jump, right? Because I can't. But most of us are like, oh, I, I can't hire somebody. I just can't find good people to hire. Hmm. Versus I don't put forth the time to properly vet people I'm hiring. I hmm. won't make extra time to better train those people when I can do it in two minutes. It's not you can't find the people, it's you aren't willing to make certain choices to get the right people or the people you have train them up. And so how we talk about situations is really important because I can is a really heavy, negative weighs you down. I always think about when I was a kid and I couldn't go to a friend's slumber party because maybe they're watching an R-rated movie and my super conservative mom was like, no, you're not old enough yet to see Terminator or Predator. Anything as a kid you wanna watch. And so I was always like, oh, I can't can't do that. And then we just kind of carry it. Oh, I can't be a morning person who works out before work. Yeah, you can. You just won't. And when you start using won't and don't, it changes from a confidence level of oh, I can. It's outside of my control. I can't grow my real estate business this year because the market and the interest rates are so high. Or I'm not willing to do certain things that I haven't had to do in the past in order to grow my business. And regardless of we're selling widgets, real estate, you're selling services as a coach, it's a lot more won't and don't than it is can't. And so being aware of how we talk to ourselves is really important. And the last piece of that that I'll say is probably ties into your first question is what are your expectations? If you come into the idea that business is hard, every year it's hard and every year it starts over, then when it's hard, it's par for the course. And not only do you say, you know what? I expected it to be challenging. and I'm willing to take on the challenge of starting, growing, building a business when most people won't. And when you start talking to yourself that way, well, that changes your confidence level because you're continually reminding yourself, this is to be expected. If I expect it to be easy, I'm screwed. Out of the gate, if you don't expect challenges, if you don't expect, if you're not putting away a little bit for a rainy day or an emergency fund for your business because you think sales are always going to be rolling in, then when sales stop, you're caught off guard. But if you're like, hey, we're going to have a time thing slow down, I'm going to start dropping a little bit away, a few hundred bucks a week, no big deal, so that we have some kind of cash on hand when we need it. Then when it happens, it's not, woe is me, we're screwed. I'm not, it's, hey, this was par for the course. I anticipated it. And guess what? This puts us in a position that a lot of other business owners aren't in because they thought it would be easy. They thought it would be smooth sailing. And yeah. so when you start talking to yourself that way of what are the expectations of the challenge and then willingly taking on the challenge when most won't, from a mindset perspective, that gives you a whole lot more confidence in how you start showing up in those moments to get better.
got to show you something. Yeah. You might be watching. This is actually one of our maxims to your point. Business is hard for those of you who can't see it. You've heard me say this before. Business is hard and gets harder. And I think that that's actually to your point. It's not being Debbie Donner. That's just saying, like, I expect this to be hard because in business, if we expect it to be easy, boy, it has a way of kicking you right when you don't need to be kicked and right where you don't want to get kicked. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's I, funny. I, I did a high rocks race uh, a couple of months ago. I signed up a couple of days before like an idiot and just did it with friends. And for those who've never done it, it's essentially an 8K race with eight obstacles mixed in between workout stuff. And I knew going in, it was going to hurt. If I have not trained for this, this is going to hurt. But what I did in the middle of it is I expected my feet to hurt, my sides to hurt, my body to hurt. I expected it going in. And then when I'm doing the race, you see fans, you see spectators on the sideline. And having been someone who's watched a friend do an Ironman, who's watched people do races. And when you're on the sidelines, you're like, man, that looks like that would be a lot of fun. It looks like, like even though they look like it's hurting, that would be so much fun to do and compete. I just kept reminding myself, this hurts, but I'm doing something they wouldn't do. Yeah. I'm taking pride in getting better when most people won't. And, and as a business owner, we know that. We know the numbers of how many people drop off after the first year, five years, how many people yeah. make it 10 years. Yeah. We know we're in the small percentage. And yeah. so when you start to reframe that, then you start looking at challenges differently of, well, we got through that. And most times, if we look at our last year, it probably wasn't our hardest year. Some of us listening, it was the hardest year we've had in business. But some of us, our first year was harder. And heck, some of us think, man, just getting through and dealing with stuff that I was going through in my marriage or as a parent, that was way harder than what we're dealing with now. And so I've got to remember, we got through that. I can get through this. All right. I want to connect mindset and habits. All right. So l let's take the easier one. I know you take your fitness really seriously. So I have it's the first time I've mentioned this on the podcast. So I've jumped on this cold plunge train. Okay? okay. I have. And I've started to develop the habit. I don't have an actual cold plunge. The water and the water tables are cold enough that you put it on cold and it's enough for a cold plunge or, or whatever. And so my point is, whether it's around health and we can just center around health and maybe you can pivot it back over to business, is that I'm wanting to build certain habits. I'm wanting to build a certain cadence okay, I know I need to get back in the gym and I know I need to count my calories and I know I need to start watching. I want to start cutting out alcohol and want to start doing these sort of things. You have really coached a lot of people, again, whether it's personal, but again, we could apply this over to yeah. business too, developing the certain right habits. Why do we start and then fall off? I really don't like the word resolutions, right? I think this is around, like, it doesn't have to be the first of the year. It's really it's, around developing and cultivating the right habits and then doing the things and then being consistent about it for such a long time. Again, you do this incredibly well. So you've broached the, crossed over the chasm, so to speak, of like, okay, this is just who you are. But if I'm wanting to get to that place, what is the real no BS answer of like, how do you do it? Yeah. So James Clear is a master at this. And what I love about his approach is keep it small and keep it simple. That's kind of putting into context what he does. But for a lot of us, it's the idea, you talked resolutions. We know we're recording this toward the end of January. By January 21st, three weeks into the year, 84% of people quit their resolutions. We just know that factually Americans give up within three weeks. Part of the problem is we come out of the gate too big, too quick, right? You want to start working out. You go from never working out to trying to do two a days every day or going seven days a week and you burn yourself out. 
We see that everywhere, right? Even starting business. Oh, we need to start doing this. I got to do this all day, every day. The second, so we go too big, too broad. The second thing we do is we set the wrong expectations. So we assume incorrectly that you have to be perfect to build a habit. That if I can be perfect for 21 days, I'll build a new habit. Research shows that habits take anywhere from 66 to 280 days to build. Mm -hmm. Now, for some of you listening, that may be the most demotivating, deflating comment of like, I thought I only had to go three weeks. Now you're telling me I got to go almost a year. But what it really says is it's not about 66 perfect days or 280 perfect days. How many can you stack consistently? And then when you get off track, get back on. That's what messes up most people is, right? Their goal is, I want to start tracking my calories and they do it for a week and then they forget to do it on Sunday and then it's easier to not do it on Monday and then they're just out of the routine again versus I missed it on Sunday. How do I get back on track on Monday? In sports, I just talked to a college athletics program about the idea of win the next play. Just win the next play. If you make a great shot, get your focus off of it, get back on defense, win that defensive play. And if your opponent makes a great play, Instead of beating yourself up, thinking about just when the next play. And if you can live and focus moment to moment, you'll be able to rebound faster. You'll be more resilient because you're not letting what was or where you got off track screw you up. And that's the biggest one with goals, right? You want to set a habit of starting every day making 10 sales calls. Well, then one day your day gets off track and you're playing catch up and you don't get those calls in. Instead of saying, hey, how can I just get one in today before the end of day? Or two, how can I make sure I get my 10 to start tomorrow? We like, I'll get to it Monday. So we build more time in there. And so that's a big one of, you don't have to be perfect to build a new habit. You just got to be hitting 80%. And if you do that 80%, it may take you longer than somebody who's hitting it at nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. But over time, if you start playing that long game, it's the most important. And so going too big too quickly, having the expectations that you got to be perfect, because let's be honest, in business, The most successful companies are not the perfect companies. It's just the companies who can rebound more quickly from imperfections. That's Mm. anything. And then the last piece of it that I love the most is have some accountability. Mm. Have accountability. It's one reason we have a free challenge that we did years ago when it was like one exercise or one movement for a month. And I really over two to three months ago started identifying like what are little bitty steps that I've implemented that I want to help others implement to be more well-rounded. And so we're talking physical, mental, relational, financial, and life. And so I started breaking them down into every month and said, okay, for us, the January challenge that's wrapping up was pretty simple, straightforward, right? Read two books throughout the course of a month, 8,000 steps every day, which research shows if you can get up and move 8,000 steps every day, you are dramatically healthier than people who don't. 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups. Big stretch for a lot of people, but you do it every day. It's going to start to build some strength and endurance. Dry January. Give yourself a good reset after the holidays. Review your goals every morning. Why? Because a lot of Americans don't have goals. The ones that do don't write them down. The idea of writing them down creates additional accountability because you continue to remind yourself, these are the things I said I want to do. So reviewing your goals every morning increases the likelihood of you achieving them because you're going to be more motivated. And so we said all those. And then we said, text a different friend every day. Relationally build the investment by investing in somebody every day, check in with them. And then the last piece was no impulse buys. If you see something you want to buy, put it in a cart, but you can't buy it for 24 hours. Now, each one of those done once doesn't do a whole lot. But if the people that stuck with it all 31 days, or heck, even the people that were 25 out of 31 or 26 out of 31, the feedback we've gotten is the awareness they've built around their current habits 
and what they've been doing and what they want to adjust has been great. And so February, we're making adjustments. Instead of no impulse buys, we're saying, if you want to spend $100 on a pair of shoes, you have to invest or save 100 bucks. Now it's going to cost you $200 for that new pair of shoes because we want you to start thinking financially smarter. If I'm spending for fun, I better be saving as well. Or instead of 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 air squats. Like we're mixing it up, but everything is designed to say, how am I continually growing in these areas in teeny tiny, as I love to call them, Lego blocks. And so for you and business owners that are listening, personally or professionally, it's not about big changes. It's about little ones. It's not about trying to build a habit in a week or a month. It's how can I build this habit so that 12 months from now, I'm on autopilot with it instead of one month from now. Because if you start thinking in the year plan versus the month plan, you're going to be way more consistent in the long term. You're not going to get off track when you mess up once. And you're going to be thinking little bitty stacks playing the long game versus how do I knock this all out in one week? All right. So there's one underlying thing that I want to just call out and have you maybe touch on is this idea of transparency, meaning you gave an example and said, well, maybe somebody didn't do 31, but they did 25 out of 31. The fact, though, that they can even say I was perfect 25 out of 31 or 22 out of 31 shows that they were actually tracking it. Talked about the specificity of actually tracking it, literally putting it somewhere in your notes app on your iPhone or on a paper, maybe even have a preference of doing that, but something outside of yourself that you actually have to put it down versus like, no, I'll just kind of know. And then you get to the third week of the year and you're like, actually, I don't know how many days and I've actually fallen off four days or whatever. Oh man. And that's so crucial. So from two parts, right? One, the tracking, it gives you the visual reminder of the confidence built, right? You can visually see it to where if your point, if you get a few weeks in, like, have I done it? Have I not? You can kind of skirt the issue. But if you've got a printout, like some of our people talked about, we did, I intentionally made graphics for your cell phone so that you saw it on the wallpaper. I made printouts that you can put on your refrigerator or desk because I want you to, one, visually be reminded of the challenge, but two, I want you to put X's. I want you to see the progress. And when you get off track, I want you to see that spot and then get back on track. Mm. So it holds you accountable in a way that not having a target does. It's why if we set vague goals, like, oh, I want to grow my business this year. You want to grow 1%, 10%, you want to double it. What do you want? Because unless we set a target, we can't measure ourselves up at the end of the year to say, hey, how close did we get? What did we do well? Where do we need to do better? Mm. And so the idea of that, it's one of the reasons why in my first book, Compete Every Day, we created that scorecard, right? There was a way every week, your six daily habits, your top three work priorities for the day, did you hit them? If you did, awesome. Did you have a perfect score that week? If you didn't, where'd you get off track? How do you do it better next time? That creates a whole level of accountability, not only to yourself, but to others when you visually start to track it and remember it. And the one thing I love about it more than anything, when you get off track, man, I missed two days in a row. I got caught up in that work happy hour. And so dry January is out the window. Do I reset or do I keep going with the negative streak? And when you visually look at it, you're like, man, I got 25 out of 26 days. I can get back on track for the last five. I can do this again because of all the evidence here. And so I think that's a really helpful part for all of us. And I think that's one reason, A, community and accountability is so important of having people check in on you, call you out. How are you doing on this? When you get off track, remind you, hey, reset, just start it again today. And then looking at the long term, if you're tracking it on a piece of paper, like I've got one, ironically, right underneath all of this paper to track 
over the course of the quarter, my sales calls, my workouts, all of those things. And funny enough, like I've been out of town the last three weeks. And so I haven't been manually tracking it. So I've been mm. doing it in my phone. So mm. like using the app, Everyday Habit app or the Habits app, allow me to track every day. Where am I hitting the mark? And it's not, we said it's not a big move. It's like mine. Did I read one chapter of a book today? Did I get a workout? Did I shoot one quick video? Did I make five comments on social media? Did I spend five minutes on Duolingo studying Spanish? Did I send three prospect emails? On its own, you do that once a year, big whoop. I know if I stack those every single day over the course of a year, game changer. And so that's that long-term perspective to say, oh, I missed a day, but missing going 364 out of 365, that's awesome. Going 300 out of 365 is awesome, right? So how do we play that longer game and having something visual, whether you literally put it in a Google Doc, write down what do I want to hit every day and then track it or get on your phone. The Everyday Habit app is awesome. The Habits app, which is kind of a little circle icon, is awesome. And then you've got it right there where it's top of mind, but you also reward yourself for that progress. As a business owner, you know the importance of being able to set goals, track your progress, and see the results. Well, that's exactly what our partners at Today App Pro have been able to build just for you. Today App is corporate approved. It allows you to track activities, build custom word tracks. It allows you to calculate all your commissions and your bonus structures in a seamless fashion, and it integrates perfectly with your company CRM. Today App is truly the best office software to manage all of the day-to-day in one place. It can even manage your employees' time, track production, have a leaderboard with metrics, and has custom reporting. Visit todayapppro.com, todayapppro.com, and schedule a demo and let them know you heard about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue, increase your bottom line, and better manage your taxes? Club Capital is here to help. Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agents in the country, providing monthly accounting, tax strategy, and CFO services. Way more than bookkeeping and your everyday run-of-the-mill tax prep, Club Capital is focused on providing financial and tax advisory services that help you plan and forecast your agency's performance. Their financial dashboards and agency forecasting tools help you better understand your agency's historical performance, create and measure future targets, and see how your agency compares to your peers around the country. Imagine what it would be like to understand the impact to your bottom line when deciding to hire a new employee or forecast the impact rate changes or commission rates will have on your business. With over $200 million in tracked annual revenue and $140 million in tracked annual expenses, Club Capital has the data and the team to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. They will help you turn that back office stress into the backbone of your agency's success by giving you the tools to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book a solution overview with one of our business consultants. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. The one thing I want to be careful with my comment here is because I know people that have listened to this and even some of my friends have completed 75 hard. So I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to get to the business part. But the one part of the 75 hard, which I completely get, is if you miss a day, you got to start back, right? Well, that's dismissing what I think at times is reality, which is, okay, look, you missed a day we get back on track. And there's actually, I think there's more of a parallel to life about that 
than it is about, oh, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect. And I understand the mental aspect of that challenge, et cetera. But that's the one thing that to me feels right about this, which is like, you know what? There's days and I'm just not going to be able to get two workouts in. There's like a tornado warning. I can't get the workout in outside today. I'm just sorry. It's just, what am I going to do with that? Well, and it also speaks more than anything. And, and to your point, the challenge is fantastic from that mental perspective. And the reset adds that whole level of complexity. What we're talking about with the ability to adjust and call audibles is yeah. effective in life. Because some of the business owners, you're single right now. Maybe you're married, no kids. One day when you have kids, your schedule is going to change dramatically. Your level of sleep is going to change. Life changes. And that's why I laugh when you see people online that are like, I have no kids. I'm not married. Here's my hacks for a perfect day. Here's what you need to do to be successful. And people are like, I have three kids. That would never happen. Yeah. And so the idea is, How do you become resilient making small tweaks and adjustments and then understanding, man, I had three kids that had the flu today. This is my day. I'm dealing with this. What's one or two things I can do to make sure I move the business forward? I move toward the goals. And then how do I make sure I don't let today influence tomorrow? I just get back on track. And the better we are at that, the better we're going to do long term because most of society, I believe, does not have that mentality. They have the, this didn't work, I'm just giving up with it. Or Mm -hmm. I can't do it all today, I'm not going to do it at all. Versus do what you can. 20 minutes every day of a nice walk outside or a workout in your garage is going to beat one three-hour workout once a month. You're just going to win the long game. Yeah, I love that. Everything we've talked about up to this point, we can almost kind of categorize I really love Craig Groeschel's stuff, right? I mean, in one yep. of his sayings at the very end, he always says, when the leader gets better, everyone gets better. And so everything up to this point is really kind of talked about leading ourselves first, developing yep. ourselves. What do we need to do so we show up as the best version for our teams, for our families, for our communities, for our customers, et cetera? Okay, so this is kind of a big question, but in our remaining time, I really want to ask, you have been had the fortune, of course, you've worked your tail off to get to this point, to be at some incredible businesses and business leaders that you've been exposed to of winning teams. And then you've actually literally spoke to sports teams, athletic teams and college teams and professional teams. So you have been really exposed to high level, what winning culture actually looks like. I would love to know, what have you been able to distill in your journey around the country and around the world of what it actually takes to develop a winning culture in our businesses through your journeys, both with teams and also with other business leaders? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a topic I'm pretty passionate about. My second book, Lead Better Now, just came out on developing leaders because so many of us, right, we start a business or we work our way up career-wise and we get into leadership roles and we're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I think I know something. I heard a podcast. And everything that we talked about up until now is the most crucial part of a culture and building a winning culture. Because if you don't model the behavior, you'll never build it. Hmm. It doesn't matter how many great people you bring in. If you are not modeling the standard of excellence first, it's out the window. Because it's always about your walk being louder than your talk ever will. And so I always start there. The winning cultures care about that. The other thing winning cultures have is a leader who is willing to be curious, ask questions instead of ego-driven, 
It's my way or the highway. I'm not listening to anyone else's feedback. Ultimately, as a leader, the responsibility falls on us. But people that are like, how can I learn from you? How can I ask questions when I don't know I'm going to ask for help? I'm going to delegate. I'm going to trust you to do your job. Those are things that are really well there. And at the core of all of that, the core of all of that is not only the leader who models it, but it's the leader who invests. And when I mean the invest, how do you invest in your people? The old school way was I'm the business owner. You come to work for me. You do everything I tell you to do. You never talk back to me. You go from there. That's it. And we have people, our parents' generation for one, that worked with people for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they could never tell you the person they work with, spouse's name, kids' names, what they like to do. They don't know anything about them. They just know, did so-and-so be on time with that project or those papers or not? And the world's changed dramatically. What hasn't changed is the human need to be seen, recognized, and developed. Like when I look at leadership, the best word to replace leader is coach. You think about winning sports cultures, starts with the coach. Now, what they also have in a sports complex and or a sports context and sometimes business is they're player-led. The coach starts, they establish the culture, but then they empower the team. And specifically, somebody on that team steps up to make it a player-led conference. I heard an incredible interview the other day with Ed Reed, Hall of Fame safety for the Baltimore Ravens, probably the greatest safety of all time. And Reed talked about one of the things he noticed before they took a strong shift in their culture was how they started taking care of their locker room. And if you've ever read the book Legacy by James Kurtz, the idea of sweeping the sheds, but Ed Reed said guys would cut their tape and take off the wraps and just throw stuff on the ground. There'd be trash everywhere. Reporters would be coming in and stepping over stuff. And Reed said, we got to take ownership of our space because how we do anything is how we do everything. And so he started picking it up and started empowering everybody. Player led, right? Player led in the moment. In organizations, it's empowering those future managers and leaders to step up. It's identifying the people and pouring into them because as the leader, you're the head coach and your job is to coach and develop your assistants so that they can coach and develop the players. And so all the winning cultures have that. The other thing that they have that goes back to leadership as well is they have a sense of ownership, right? We are a no excuse culture. Market shifts, recessions hit, having issues staffing, no excuses. What do we do well? Where do we get better? And they own it. They own if man, if I only contributed 1% to this problem, I'm going to own that 1% and I'm going to get better. And the team is all bought into it because the team all knows, A, we know each other. We've invested in the relationships and we know we're all going to own it. Because what happens when you don't invest in the relationships, you finger point, you blame, you get defensive because you're like, it's me versus y'all. Like we're on a quote team, but we're really not on a team versus I know you have my back. I messed up. Here's where my mistake is. Here's what we're going to do better next time. I'm going to own it. And I'm going to own what we do to improve. And that's really what you start to see. I mean, there's a ton of stuff, but it always starts at the top. And then from there, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you got to have a relationship with them that builds trust and you got to own everything. And you're going to have people that you don't always like and you're not always going to mesh with. And, and for some small business owner, that seems mind boggling because we're like, oh, we know everybody, we like everybody. But there's going to be, you're still the boss. And so there's a little bit of that disconnect. And so what are you doing, A, to know them, to empower them and coach and develop them, and then just consistently pour into them? And when you do that, when you play, as Simon Sinek talks about, the infinite game, it changes how people start to show up. It changes how empowered they are to work and what they buy into from the vision and everything else. And there's obviously a ton of other things we can talk about when it comes to culture. But foundationally, that's what I see. 
the top of the top model the behavior. They find people who also want that same standard of excellence, who want to be coached and developed. And then they pour into those people. They develop the relationship to develop the person. I don't want to be a product of the moment. And I know they lost. I'm a big college football guy, okay. but I do keep up with the NFL. Boy, what a great example of what you just mentioned with Dan Campbell and the Lions. 100%. 100%. And, and Campbell, think about this guy, didn't have head coaching experience, right? But what did he know? Here's how I played. Here's how I model. I'm going to hire really smart people that execute on my vision. I'm going to let them do their job. And then I'm going to pour into every single player. And what he does relentlessly, and what I love, is he took over a crappy culture. Yeah. Crappy culture. But he continued to say, I've been there. I've played this game. I know what it takes. Here's where we're going. And every time he had an opportunity, and I would love to see more behind the scenes. Obviously, we got hard knocks, but we didn't get more of where he spoke life into guys. Yeah. Because what he was phenomenal about doing is I'm always going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say things to make you feel good. But what I am going to do in addition to tell you the truth is I'm going to tell you where I see your potential is. And when people will get life spoken into them like that by a figure of authority that they look up to, and their perspective is shifted on not only who I am, but what's possible for me, they behave differently. Yep. And that's it. And so that whole piece of it is vitally important. And then what's cool about it as well is the GM who's kind of been behind the scenes, I think he's got a really cool story. I think he started like working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car just trying to get a coaching job or a GM job or like a scouting job. And he was someone that aligned with Dan. Here's the vision for our organization. Here's the type of people we want to recruit, sign, build. Here's how we're going to change and where we're going. And he constantly talked vision, constantly talked vision and then spoke life into those people. And so goes back to, if Dan Campbell was not that guy and the assistant coach or the quarterback or position coach was that guy, they're going to have a harder time than if it's the head guy. Yeah. Two last things on that that I just want to comment on is from a football strategy perspective, I'm not a football guy. He's obviously taken a lot of heat the last few days because he didn't kick the field goals. And the reason I'm bringing this up is not for you and I to X and O's about football, but there's an underlying thought about he believed in this team. He showed that he believed in his team to be able to execute, and it did pull off, and he probably should have kicked the Vogels, sure, whatever he believed in his team. The second thing is, I've heard Bruce Pearl and other some coaches talk about this before, is that it's one thing to turn around a culture, and this will have to be remain to be seen with Dan Campbell's stories yep. is yet to be written. It's one thing to turn it around because Bruce Pearl did that with Auburn basketball. And then it's another to have that level of consistency for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Obviously, the Patriots and Robert Kraft and did that, et cetera. So I think that there's the part of recognizing the turnaround job that he did. And then, okay, let's see how it plays out over the next several years. Any just thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, consistency in sports is the hardest thing in the world because guys get paid. And yeah. you're not paid small sums of money. And yeah. when you yeah. get paid, it's no different than those of us that are in sales, right? It's easy once you get that check to take that foot off the gas. And that's why yeah. you see a ton of people in their sales career, they're yo-yo, right? Yeah. They do yeah. really well. They take their foot off. Oh, I'm desperate for money. Yeah. And so in sports, it's really hard to maintain. And even to your point, the Patriots are the dynasty of football, right? For the last few decades. But they lost Super Bowls. They had years they didn't go to the Super Bowl. Yep. They weren't perfect. They were playing the long game. Yeah. Okay, it didn't work this year. What do we need to do differently? How do we improve? And I think mm. that's 
fundamentally what's incredibly important. To the first point, there's a phenomenal book by Annie Duke called Thinking in Bets. And hmm. Duke opens the book with the football play that anybody listening that is a fan of football knows in Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, Super Bowl. It's ironic you just mentioned the Patriots. On the goal line, instead of turning around, giving it to Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch for the score, they throw the pass. Russell Wilson gets picked off. Patriots win. Everybody and their mother, that is the dumbest play ever. Pete Carroll's an idiot, blah, blah. Statistically, it was the right play given the time and the circumstance and the location. Statistically, 60% right play, but it didn't work out. And what she talks about in that book is what we do all the time, which is success fallacy. We get a good outcome and we discredit the choices made. Every one of us as a business owner has made a terrible choice that sometimes worked out in our favor. And we've made yeah. great moves and great choices strategically that haven't worked out. Hmm. When you solely judge it based on the outcome, you put yourself in a bad spot long term because the right move is still the right move over the long game, even if it doesn't work out this once. And so for business owners, I highly encourage you to read that book because it goes back to what we talked about at the very, very beginning of the show is when you look back at last year, what did you do really well that's in your control? What do you want to do better next year? It mm. removes the outcome from the situation and says, over the course of 365 days, where were you consistent? What were you good at? How do you keep building that? And then where'd you get off track? Because maybe some of you are blaming last year on one decision you made that nine years out of 10, that's the right move. Given the certain circumstances, it wasn't. But how do you evaluate that? And so it's just a phenomenal read on that. And to Dan Campbell's point, he believed in his players to make that move. And they did it all year. It's not like, hey, we never go for it on these situations. It's like we're doing this every single time because what he was also doing is not only telling you I trust you, but this is our mentality. We're yeah. going for the win. We're not playing not to lose. So I love that whole dynamic. But the thinking and bets is really important, especially for us, because we are humans and we naturally get caught in success fallacy of that positive outcome determining it. And as a kid who played sports growing up, there were games we won, we shouldn't have won. And there were games we lost, we should have won. And we did everything by the book. It just didn't work out. So sometimes it's being more reflective and neutral, stepping back to evaluate the choices made versus just the outcome. Oh, I love that. That's great. Well, congrats on your new book. If, for those of you that listen to our podcast and love what you heard from Jake, obviously his first book was fantastic, Compete Every Day. His newest book just came out, Lead Better Now. Jake, I'd love for you to point people kind of where they can connect with you and yep. then also pick up some book and maybe some resources, et cetera. And I just want to share this. I was going to get to this. We just don't have time today. So I'm going to leave this as a teaser for people to go pick up the book. Because to me, a lot of our listeners are wanting to lead other leaders, as you mentioned. And you have this, I saw this on your Amazon page. It says 60% of A players a plus players who move to management are ready to quit within their first 24 months. And I was like, that alone? Oh my goodness. Yes, that I need to know that because I know of leaders who are going to listen to this that have had that exact situation play out. So we'll tease them to go pick up the book. But where would you point them to to connect with you? Yeah, nothing more frustrating, right, than the results going from solely determined by you and me to solely now determined by we. And that's a business owner's life, right? It yep. is a we game. So best place. So Amazon, the book's available. 
my website, CompeteEveryday.com, has my first book, Compete Every Day. It has the second book, Best Place to Get Connected with Us. And then where I personally hang out and would love to connect with you, a LinkedIn, you can find me, Jake Thompson. And then additionally on Instagram, it's Jake Thompson Speaks. I try to put out a ton of content for leaders, for business owners, of just ways we can get better personally and professionally every day. So if that resonates with you, I would love to connect. Shoot me a DM and tell me you heard about it here on the show. Awesome. Jake's. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks, Bradley. Well, man, I do say this often that I really enjoy that podcast, but there's some guests that I just personally connect with a lot more. I love the way that they approach things and especially around a space. And he actually said this around the idea of mindset and kind of woo woo. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I get that. But then there's some people that can really talk about performance and increasing my performance as a leader, helping me to be better and helping me to just be a better person to show up for my family and just in every way. And I know that you all who are listening to this want to do that. And I really like Jake's personality and his tone, but not just that. It's also there's tangible things that I feel like I can grasp hold of. And I think that's probably the thing that connects me with him is that I can take this idea from maybe you've heard me say like the high level to an eye level or the 30,000 foot view. And I'm like, okay, I got to get that philosophically. Now, what do I do with that? And so I think he gave us some really tangible, practical things that we can take away that is just really helpful. So one is the challenge that he went through. I was kind of writing some of those things down and then being able to put that somewhere outside of you, having transparency, whether it's physical paper that you want to write on and keep track of some sort of scorecard, or if you want to use your phone and the app that I do use, the Habit app is a great app, but just having that consistency of the things that you want to be able to develop. And then when you get off track, being able to get back on track. And then I just thought also, he didn't say this, but I've heard it said before that you are not your thoughts. And he gave the idea of if somebody knocks on the door and the dog starts barking immediately. So it's okay for me to have these thoughts occasionally, but do I talk back to myself? That was a comment that he made that really resonated back to me is that I may have these thoughts, but then can I talk back to those? What's the internal dialogue and conversation that I'm having with myself. And so definitely go and check out his news book. It just came out a couple of weeks before this podcast drops. It is Lead Better Now. And if you really like Jake and what he has to say, go back and check his other book out. And then the other podcast, we'll make sure that we link in the show notes as well. Big shout out to our podcast sponsors, Today App, Coach B Consulting, Autopilot Recruiting, and Club Capital. Look, we want to be able to have everything in a unified, simplified place to be able to track our bonuses and our compensation. And something that our team and even our activities, something that our team is going to use on a daily basis. We want it to be easy to use. We want it to be customizable. And it needs to be able to connect to your corporate approved CRM and have a seamless experience. Well, that's exactly what you get with today. Go to Today App. Pro.com. Get away from all those Excel spreadsheets that you have all over the place. Those are great. I love some spreadsheets, but whenever you're coming and tracking all of the different things, at the end of the day, you want that information delivered to you in a very beautiful way that you can make decisions. And then just as we were talking about with Jake today, be able to coach and develop your team. Go to todayapppro.com. In addition to developing yourself and also developing your team, 
you want to work with Coach P Consulting. In the insurance space, Coach P, David is getting it done personally at the highest level, and he's going to give you and your team a peek behind the scenes of exactly what is working now. What are the things that were working maybe a couple of years ago that aren't working today? In fact, one of our maxims is that your thoughts five years ago is your baggage today. And so there's this idea and there's kind of a balance. We have to hold both thoughts that the things that we were doing in the past, we want to continue to repeat successful actions. But at the same time, some of the thoughts and things that we were doing five years ago can actually become our baggage today. Go to Coach P consulting.com. He can help you and your team develop. Jake, in his new book around leaders, talks about A players. And I love that idea of what does an A player actually look like? Well, and then how do we go about actually attracting A players? Well, the part that is usually the hardest is the initial screening and the assessments on the front side and some of the initial interviews. And that's the part most of us don't like to do. We love the part when we get down and we've got a handful of really quality candidates that we're talking to. You get excited about that. But that's what autopilot recruiting is able to take off your plate for a fraction of the amount of time it would spend you. If your hourly rate is 200 to $250 per hour, you would be able to buy back your time by working with autopilot just by, I mean, are you going to spend more than an hour to two hours in a month being able to do this for yourself? Probably. Versus you could actually spend in that time doing other things that's going to grow the business and work with an expert that actually can take that part of the process off of your plate. Go to autopilotrecruiting.com. We're coming up on tax season. For some of you, you're prepared. You know what you're going to owe in taxes already because you've been on top of your financials on a monthly basis, been getting those every single month, making decisions off of those, been doing some tax planning throughout the year, not just at the very end of the year. But if you're on the other side of that coin, Club Capital can help 2024 and then tax season in 2025 go a lot smoother for you. Book a no obligation demo at club.capital. All right, everyone. Till next episode, lead well.